Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Bob Dylan almost wrote a song about the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The porta potty of Medicare podcasts. He knows it's five o'clock somewhere. Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us in this wonderful episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. As you might have heard my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, announce, I am Doug Jones, your Medicare specialist, perhaps your Medicare expert. And I am happy to be here to share my Medicare knowledge with you. Now, let's suppose that you're going to need to know more about Medicare than the average person. Well, I can offer you a painless way to do that, uh, painless and inexpensive, I should add. If you go to barnesandnoble.com or if you go to amazon.com and search for Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, you're going to find my book. And you're going to find one of four different versions, whether it be Audible that you can listen to or uh, Kindle version that you can download immediately to your reading device or the paperback, the ever popular paperback version, or even the uh, magnificently crafted $22 hardcover version with the uh, colorful illustrations, you're going to find that that is the repository of Medicare knowledge that will guide you from ignorance to Medicare bliss in a really short period of time. And then you're going to have the opportunity, if you want to, to contact me to purchase the additional coverages that will make your Medicare program completely bulletproof at a very, very reasonable price. And if you don't want to call me, if you don't want to send me an email, if you don't want to deal with me, let's suppose that you don't like me for some reason, you would have the opportunity using my advice to go out to any other licensed insurance agent in the world and disappoint the heck out of them. Because my recommendations in the book are offering you the opportunity to buy bulletproof protection at such a small price that a... Uh, uh, another licensed insurance guy is likely to just be very disappointed at the amount of money he's going to earn in commissions from the sale to you, because you will know the secrets that I have uh, uh, shared with you that uh, most insurance people don't want you to know. I've caught them lying to their clients in the past about these products, and I would recommend to you that uh, even if you don't want to deal with me, that you tell another agent that's what you want to buy. Here's what Doug says to buy and watch the disappointment on that agent's face as he realizes he's going to make about $5 a month from your sale rather than $100 a month because you spent so much money. So 
Remember, commissions are a function of how much you have to pay, and you shouldn't have to pay very much if you follow the advice you get in my book. And speaking of following advice, I try to always follow the advice of our uh, our podcast co-host and engineer, Randy Carson. Sometimes I fail, though. Randy, I apologize in advance if I fail you today. I don't think that's ever happened, Doug. Well, there are times I feel you've given me excellent advice, and then, of course, my mind uh, erases itself every <laughs> few minutes. And uh, it, it, my, my, my mind occasionally goes on a walk and doesn't return. Yeah. Yeah, at least not when it's supposed to. <laughs> well, how are you doing today, Doug? Uh, I'm pretty excited. Instead of interrupting our podcast recording, I have to tell you, my landscaper showed up early today, and I oh, I'm being an offered a limited time uh, offer by Carbonite that has now obscured the screen. So I got to figure out Uh-oh. how to make that go away. But uh, my uh, landscapers trimmed the bushes in front of my window so now i have a clear view of everything and i know that the uh, sound filter works better than i ever thought it did because one of them just came back with his uh, uh, leaf blower which is making some noise but i bet you can't hear a thing right okay well you know i'm glad i'm glad you mentioned that because i i've discovered well i was telling a story about your fancy dan timer yes yes and I was telling the, the story to some other friends of mine. I said, I have been very amazed with uh, how sophisticated the background noise filters have become. Yeah, I've gone through every timer I can find, and you can't hear any of them. And uh, the other thing is that uh, the other one of the other episodes recently, I in the middle of the episode, I said, oh, Mr. Popular, for no reason at all. <laughs> and it was because my phone was ringing with a horrible siren it was like dive 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 yeah yeah and i didn't hear a thing not a thing not a thing so i'm thinking (laughs) that we can let the nuclear war start and and we'll be fine we can just record a few episodes or on the other hand if the medicare zombies get close to your house oh boy they may they may start scratching on the siding well i don't mind that it's actually stucco so let them oh. uh, wear their their claws down on the stucco, <laughs> but the noise of my firing at them with my high powered rifles may actually break through the sound filter. It could, it could, and and if anything does, I would suspect that that will. Yeah. So well, you can see the selection of uh, firearms behind me, uh, you know, propped up, ready to go. So I'm thinking that uh, one of those will be uh, needed if if the uh, medicare advantage zombies ever show up here well you just never know because they're hiding all over the place but you know what we got to do today doug what's that we gotta throw out the medicare magic question of the day oh cool i always love this part of the episode this now this is this could be a difficult one for some people but certainly not you it's like a roller coaster ride. You you get scared at the very beginning because it goes slowly up that hill. <laughs> and you know, you know that something scary is happening. So oh, uh, my, yeah. my guts are all tightened up and I'm ready for your question. Bend over and kiss it goodbye. No, I'm that's a whole <laughs> different story. Yes. Uh, it, n- number 19. Okay. What what is the difference between Medicare HMO? Uh-huh. And Medicare PPO. 
Okay. Well, first of all, those are both Medicare Advantage plans. And so we Oh don't, my God, don't tell me that. Yeah, we don't like them. We don't think that they're gonna do any good for most Medicare participants. That's that's right up front. I'm gonna say that. And that's what irritated that guy that left the three star review for the book. Ah, it's salty. It's salty and opinionated. But the whole thing is that a Medicare Advantage PPO offers a little bit more freedom than your average Medicare Advantage plan. Most of them are HMOs, but a Medicare PPO allows the participant to get some reimbursement back if they go to a doctor or a facility for treatment that is not in the network. It doesn't have the perfect freedom that regular Medicare plus a Medicare supplement offers where you can get the full benefit anywhere you go. But a Medicare PPO or Medicare Advantage PPO plan offers you at least some potential reimbursement if you go to a, uh, a, a uh, let's see, a specialist or to a doctor or hospital or treatment facility that is not in the network. A Medicare Advantage, most plans are HMOs, and there is no benefit if you go outside the network without prior written approval from the plan. So that's called, uh, that is called, um, um, God, you would think I would have these tips of or terms on the tip of my tongue, but that's called managed care because they manage your care. You don't manage your own care. Your doctor, your, uh, your specialist doesn't manage your care. It's a bunch of bean counters that set up the rules and they manage your care. So an HMO offers no freedom of choice. A Medicare Advantage PPO offers limited freedom of choice. A Medicare plan with a Medicare supplement offers universal freedom of choice. How's that for an answer? Well, my only comeback to that is boo. It's a Medicare Medicare Advantage plan. It's a Medicare scam vantage plan. Yeah. Or Medicare disadvantage plan. But anyway... I knew you could answer the question, so I wasn't the least bit concerned that you were going to get off in the weeds on that one. Well, the question should have been worded more carefully, and they they were obviously careless when they wrote the question. They didn't use the word advantage in there. No, they didn't. They snuck that in there, and if they would have said that, I probably wouldn't have used it. Well, listen, you gave me some entertainment in the audience, so I'm going to give you some entertainment. You might remember this little subject that I ran across a while back. It's the Centers for Disease Control and and Prevention, otherwise known as the CDC. They put out a document. They're trying to change the English language on us. They put out a document giving the new preferred terms for various types of people. And uh, the question might be, why would we need to have new preferred (laughs) terms? Why do we have the need for that, Doug? We don't really have the need for it, but they they got a bunch of people on the payroll that have nothing better to do. You'd think they'd be out curing and preventing diseases, wouldn't you? That's what the CDC is supposed to do. But no, what they're trying to do is reconstruct the English language so that nobody has their widow feelings hurt. And so uh, we don't want that to happen. I think we touched on this one time. You and I got a big chuckle and then we uh, set it aside and I never came back to it. So I'm going to go back to the beginning of the list. And they have a list of words here that you they think you should never use. And uh, the the classification here is corrections and detentions. 
Okay. So here's the list of words they don't want you to ever use again. Inmate, prisoner, convict or ex-convict, offender, criminal, parolee, or detainee. Remove those words from your lexicon, Randy. Don't ever so use them So what are again. we supposed to call them? Well, here's what they suggest. Now, they're a little more verbose than your the words you just heard. Um, the first one is people or persons who are incarcerated or detained. So you're supposed to use that for shorter jail stays or youth in detention facilities. So people who are incarcerated or detained instead of inmate. And you're supposed to use that when you know that it's a shorter stay. I don't know. How, how about you some guy that's on, you know, death row, a well, temporary resident? <laughs> that, that's, that's, yeah, that's right. Cause he is leaving soon. You just don't, well, actually in today's legal uh, environment, that guy could be there for, you know, 40 years. He's probably going to be living there on death row longer than uh, you could possibly. I think the average stay is like 20 years. Look at the Manson girls. Uh, they were sentenced to death. And then, of course, there's one of them just got released. So the death yeah. penalty in California didn't really have a lot of teeth. Here's some more op options for uh, those terms that you cannot use anymore, like prisoner, offender, criminal, a partner or child of an incarcerated person, persons in pretrial or with a charge. Everything's got too many syllables in it. Persons on parole or probation, person, people who were formerly incarcerated, like ex-con. You can't say ex-con. You have to say these are people who were formerly incarcerated. Non-U.S. citizens or immigrants in immigration detention facilities, or use the term people in immigration detention facilities. So those are the uh, those are the corrected terms that we have to use for people in the classification of corrections and detentions. And I think uh, at some point in the future, we're going to go to the next category, which is disability. So that ought to be fun because they teach these people to say that they're, I'm not a, a polio victim. You know, I'm not an Alzheimer's victim. I'm not this, that I'm not a victim. I'm let, not letting it define me. So I think we're going to have some fun with the disability uh, category of uh, people. So it sounds I, like it. I, I have no idea how they're going to twist some of these into a different way of thinking. But oh, we're going to find out. <laughs> uh, there's there's people making basket loads of money at the government just dreaming yep. this crap up. Yes, they are. And uh, it's nice to know that I think they can retire on a full pension after a very short period of time. Uh, just just like our incarcerated persons with <laughs> with uh, striped clothing or whatever. How about anyway. you know, the, or the you know the the death row guy sitting in the catbird seat? Oh no, that's a different one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You have just frozen up for a second, and the uh, the sound went south on us. How about now? You are your movements were all herky jerky. I think you're back in the saddle again. Okay. And and of course, why bother to take any of that out? It's entertaining for the, <laughs> the the listeners to know that we have our technical problems also. But I think everything's back to normal now. I'm seeing white indicator in the corner of the screen. I think that tells me that Wi-Fi is okay. So I better get to some curated content here before the curator blows her stack at me for not, you know, she does all this work. And then you and I jaw jack the whole episode and we don't really get to the curated content. I have run across an article that is uh, 
indicative of the fact that we're doing a ton of research on Alzheimer's disease. I heard a podcast indicating that something like $1.4 billion of government money has been granted to people who are doing Alzheimer's research. I'm thinking we wouldn't need to give people grants, government grants, take tax money from people and then give it to other people. We wouldn't need to do that if, in fact, the government didn't make it so expensive to live in this country with their tax policy. But that's a um, that's a problem for another time. Uh, this little story, I think, should make people happy uh, or, you know, at least give them an opportunity. Alzheimer's disease may be detected by a finger prick blood test for earlier diagnosis and treatment. Now, a lot of the drugs that they're talking about for Alzheimer's treatment are most effective if they're given earlier in the Alzheimer's progression. And so it's probable that earlier diagnosis is going to help somebody keep their mental faculties longer. So um, blood tests accurately diagnosed dementia in 85% of cases, one study found, and they said this was immensely helpful. A simple finger prick test may help diagnose Alzheimer's disease, according to research revealed this week at the Alzheimer's Association International Conference in Amsterdam. I hope they bring it across the pond. The blood test is similar to the glucose testing method used by people with diabetes. Instead of sugar, however, it measures Alzheimer-related proteins in the brain, according to a news release from the Alzheimer's Association. The test was more than 80% accurate in identifying dementia-related changes, which was significantly better than doctors who did not have access to the test, a study found. And an added benefit of a finger prick test is it can be performed at home easily without a lot of preparation or processing. According to Hannah Huber, (laughs) I don't think we need to know who she works for, University of Gutenberg, Sweden, who conducted this study. A method that allows blood collection at home that is simple enough to be performed independently or by caregivers would increase the accessibility of these tests. It would also result in improved early diagnosis and better monitoring of patients considered to be at risk or those who are receiving therapies, approved therapies. The U.S. FDA recently approved a drug that targets Alzheimer's-associated beta amyloid protein in the brain. Before a patient can receive the treatment, the physician must first confirm the presence of the protein. This is where the new finger prick blood test could be beneficial. Um, Blood tests, once verified and approved, would offer a quick, non-invasive and cost-effective option. I like that. I like cost-effective. And I like non-invasive even better. Currently, blood tests are being used to screen participants in Alzheimer's drug trials. In some cases, the tests provide data similar to what's found in brain scans and analyses of cerebral spinal fluid which is pretty cool. I think I told you that my mother-in-law had Alzheimer's for about 10 years. And uh, when she finally died, uh, her her uh, family had pledged her body for research. And so the Alzheimer's Association swooped in, snatched her body, opened her head to determine whether she had the brain structure that Alzheimer's patients have. And uh, in fact, Uh, They confirmed that she actually did have real Alzheimer's disease, but that was always a question mark until the brain surgery in the, uh, you know, what do they do to the dead people? Um, The uh, process of uh, determining 
what her brain was like when after death confirmed that she actually had Alzheimer's. Well, now apparently they're not going to have to do that so much anymore. Um, whether further, while further standardization and validation are needed, blood tests may soon be an important piece of the diagnostic workshop or workup in everyday practice for detecting and monitoring treatment of Alzheimer's. These blood tests could potentially help primary care physicians provide faster and more accurate diagnoses, which sounds pretty good to me. A team of researchers analyzed data from 307 middle-aged to elderly patients at 17 primary care centers in Sweden. The physicians correctly diagnosed Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's-related changes in approximately 55% of the cases, while the blood test did so in more than 85%. So the physicians got a score of 55% right. The blood test got 85% right. So uh, uh, due to lack of accurate diagnostic tools, it's currently very difficult for primary care doctors to identify Alzheimer's disease, even among patients with cognitive impairment. As new drugs that slow down the disease in its early stages become more widely available, these tests may become even more important. It's a simple blood test that can detect amyloid and TAU, T-A-U, proteins in the blood with an accuracy as good as any or as good as an amyloid PET scan at a fraction of the cost. I like it when we have good medical news. That's pretty cool. And I have another item of uh, content that was frightening to the content correlator, the content uh, uh, person who's in charge of the content. What the heck is her title? I, I'm having an Alzheimer's day today. This frightened Mary when she uh, read about it. I found this article and I put it in her pile of uh, uh, content to be, uh, you know, uh, prepared for the podcast and curated. It's curated. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, you can be my caretaker if you like. <laughs> I'm going to need somebody to follow me around and tell me my new uh, vocabulary for prisoners. Uh, it's curated, Doug. It's cur- oh, what What's the other <laughs> one? The former uh, former president. No, for, no, former president. Yeah, you can say a little bit where my mind is thinking, can't well, you? Well, the current, the current president, I'm hoping, will be former before too long. But we're talking about people or persons who are incarcerated or detained. That's okay, our new there we term. Go. Boy, that's a that's a mouthful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's a thing that I hadn't heard about before, and it frightened the content curator. Uh, and I'm going to ask Randy if he's heard of this thing. It's called Neuralink, N-E-U-R-A-L-I-N-K. Does that ring any bells, Randy? Nope, no bells ring in, uh, in Randy's head. This is a, <laughs> it is another idea by Elon Musk. And what he's doing is he's put together a company. It's an American neurotechnology company that is developing implantable brain-computer interfaces. Leave it to Elon to do this. So basically, you're going to be able to take a cable like a, um, let's say, a a one-eighth inch RCA cable and plug it into your head if Elon has his way. And you will be able to then be interlinked with a computer. Now, since its founding, the company has hired several high-profile neuroscientists from various universities. The company was founded in 2016 by Elon Musk and a team of seven scientists and engineers. Um, In April of 2017, Neuralink, the company, announced that it was aiming to make devices 
to treat serious brain diseases in the short term with the eventual goal of human enhancement, sometimes called transhumanism. Do we need more trans stuff, Randy? I don't we've know. Got you... it. Well, I think we've got enough trans everything, okay? Yeah, and the ones we have are making way too much noise. They should just shut up and go away as far as I'm concerned. Stop yakking about it. But this is a different kind of trans called transhumanism. Uh, it stems from the science fiction concept of neural lace in the fictional universe in the culture, which is a series of 10 novels by a guy named Ian or Lane, L-A-I-N, Banks. So I don't know. The, the uh, fictional universe is in the culture a series of 10 novels. Elon Musk identified the neural lace as the digital layer above the cortex that would not necessarily imply extensive surgical insertion, but ideally an implant through a vein or an artery. He said the long-term goal is to achieve symbiosis with artificial intelligence, which he perceives as an existential threat to humanity if it goes unchecked. Well, wait a minute. Why is he promoting the uh, you know <laughs> the artificial intelligence if he thinks it's a threat to humanity in April of 2021 so just over two years ago Neuralink demonstrated a monkey playing the game Pong using a Neuralink implant I used to love to play Pong every bar I went to had a Pong machine that was back when electricity was brand new I think but it was uh it was fun because it was the only game there was you know and then along came Pac Man. So the in 2018, Gizmodo reported that Neuralink remained highly secretive about its work, although public records showed that it had sought to open an animal testing facility in San Francisco. It subsequently started to carry out research at the University of California at Davis. In 2019, the Neuralink team revealed to the public the technology of the first prototype they've been working on. It's a system that involves the ultra-thin probes being inserted into the brain, a neurosurgical robot to perform operations, and a high-density electronic system capable of processing information from the neurons. The probes, mostly of polymide, P-O-L-Y-I-M-I-D-E, that's a biocompatible material with a thin gold or or platinum conductor, they're inserted into the brain through an automated process performed by a surgical robot. Each probe consists of an area of wires that contains electrodes capable of locating electronic signals in the brain. Um, the <laughs> Each probe contains 48 or 96 wires, take your pick, each of which contains 32 independent electrodes, making a system of up to 3,072 electrodes per formation. Neuralink tests their devices by surgically implanting them in the brains of live monkeys, pigs, and other animals. Their methods have been criticized by PETA. <laughs> Go figure. Couldn't see that one coming, did you, Elon? Uh, so in February of 2022, Neuralink said that a macaque monkey died, or several of them died, and they were euthanized. They died and were euthanized. That seems like overkill. Um, isn't, isn't that? Yeah, I was going to say, if they're already passed, why do we need to euthanize them? It seems redundant to me, but uh, they, this all happened after experimentation. But they denied that any animal abuses had occurred. They just uh, died. <laughs> well, no, Plus, they, they, they just died. Plus, we euthanized them. Yeah, so we didn't abuse them at all. They didn't feel anything. Uh, 
Musk previously stated that Neuralink implants might be introduced by injecting them through the jugular vein and not by opening up the cranium, which the Neuralink system currently requires. Human testing. Neuralink received FDA approval for clinical trials, human trials, in May of 2023. Well, let's see. We're out of macaque monkeys. <laughs> We've run out of monkeys, so let's get some humans in well, here. And let's get some humans in here. Oh, oh boy. my God. This, uh, this, this, this is really going nuts here. Well, a little bit of curation remains here, so let me get through this. Otherwise, the curator is going to smack me upside the head. The scientists have cited technical challenges for Neuralink. Well, are you surprised to hear that? In 2017, a journalist uh, at a magazine had asked for comments from five researchers that had been working on these implants. Um, at a live demonstration in 2020, Musk described the device as a Fitbit in your skull. Randy looks transfixed by that. Talk about trans. No, I've, uh, I've got one of these implants. I was just rebooting. Okay. Well, that's okay. Um, technical review. Let's see. MIT technical review accused the demonstration of having the main objective be to stir excitement. So what they were trying to do is gin up the stock price, I bet. Neuralink has provided no evidence that it can or has even tried to. Treat depression, insomnia, or a dozen other diseases that Musk mentioned in the uh, in the slide. So I'm thinking that they're dissatisfied with the progress that Musk has made with this Neuralink thing. Uh, the final <clears throat> curation here is at uh, the Medical College of Wisconsin. A guy from the Medical College of Wisconsin argued that Neuralink's functions are not novel and that ideas for a brain-machine interface are at least 50 years old. All right, but will it fix anything that we currently suffer from? We can only hope. We can only hope. I think um, my time is up. Your your time is up. Okay. And the 75 cents are spent, and we need to bring this train into the station. But before we do, I'm going to do a few things that I always like to do as wrap-up. Number one is grab your pencil sharpen it up because I'm going to give you an email address and I would really like for you to write to Doug using this email address because he gets so depressed when he doesn't get any email. So it's dbj at mlmmailbag.com. That's dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Also, I like to mention that Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. You can check us out at MedicareForTheLazyMan.com. There's a lot of cool stuff going on there. And we would appreciate it if you could find a place to give us a rating on the podcast and the book, because it's always good to have ratings. And like they say in the, you know, isn't it in Hollywood, they say any kind of press is good press? That's right. There is no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. But last but not least, I want to thank you for joining us. You could have been a million different places doing a million different things, but you chose to spend a few times, a few minutes of your day with us. We really appreciate that. And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention that in case you weren't watching your wristwatch, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He has moved to the high altitude ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona. 
and he is protecting the country from Medicare zombies. I've seen him myself. He has a pair of binoculars, and he has camouflage, a ghillie suit. He stands behind <laughs> bushes in Cave Creek. <laughs> okay, the ghillie suit is just for fashion. I'm a fashion-forward kind of guy. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Randy could go on all day, but uh, we've got another episode to record, so we'll see you we soon. We do. We do. Bye-bye, everyone.